from the huddle to the top of the key. Welcome to the Stag Sports Show, presented by Hunter Vision. Now, here's your host, Casey Stag. Welcome to the program. It's a beautiful Saturday afternoon in April. This is the Stag Sports Show. We are presented by Hunter Vision. We are on AM660, The Answer, and am660theanswer.com. I'm your host, Casey Stagg. I'm alone today. Scoop and Moose are, are not here for, for different reasons. Uh, Scoop was here for a little bit, but he was thrown up before the show, so he had to uh, take the day off, and then uh, Moose is nowhere to be found. We have calls out looking for him, and he is nowhere to be found. So I am here today by myself i'm gonna have a good day i've got nick on the other side of the glass the producer he's gonna chime in here how you doing nick what's going on casey I, you know i'm just a little perturbed that you made me clean up the studio after mike today but uh <laughs> it's okay i guess that's my job i think what happened is you you created this situation here you you got you got mike sick and and turned ryan's phone off so you could be on the show with me today so so it better be a good one you ready i want some spotlight we have some good red sox yankees stuff going on yeah we'll we'll get into that (laughs) in the third segment you mentioned baseball we got a lot going on in the sports world right now um nba is coming to an end the mlb season just started march madness ended on, on monday night had a great national championship game we're in the middle of the MLS season with soccer. That's That's been a lot of fun. But even bigger than that, we're in the middle of the world's biggest golf tournament, the Masters. And it's been a fun uh, fun tournament so far. Jordan Spieth, the 21-year-old phenom, is leading the way. He, he broke the record for the best two opening rounds at the Masters. He's 14-under, um, and, and he's got a, uh, let's see, Hoffman's 9-under. So he's got a five-shot lead going into the third round today but this isn't this isn't anything new if if you haven't heard Jordan Spieth you probably haven't if you're not close to the golf golf world but if you are this is nothing new we we've seen this coming like i mentioned he's 21 years old and he's had a good career so far so far he's he's had four professional wins too on the PGA tour um he's been in the in the final a lot last year he 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 tied for second in the masters and he's fourth in the world, but the the crazy thing is he's only 21 years old, and that's what I can't wrap my brain around. We we saw this with Tiger about 20 years ago, and and now I think this is the next coming of of the biggest star in golf. Rory McIlroy is still well well in his prime, and he's got many majors to come down the line. But I think this kid at 21 years old may have a chance to break Jack Nicklaus's record for 18 major championships. Now, that's a far shot because he has yet to win one. He only has two PGA Tour victories under his belt. But I do think uh, just watching him play the last, the, the first two rounds of, of the Masters Tournament, he doesn't make many mistakes. He had 15 birdies and one bogey. Uh, he, he's not a long hitter. He didn't have any eagles, but he's just consistent, ha- had very good approach shots, gave him easy putts to hit for birdies, and he doesn't make mistakes. He, he's just consistent. And I, I, I've always said golf is the hardest sport that I've ever played. I, you know, I've had the opportunity to play many, many sports at least once in my life, and golf is always the diffi- most difficult one for me to play. It's, it's a mental game. It's a physical game. You're playing yourself. You're playing the course, not necessarily other people. Granted, you know, professional golfers are, are playing other people a lot of times. 
But what this kid is doing at 21 years old is just mind blowing. And I, and I'll be rooting for him this weekend. I hope he can he can finish it up here. And you know he's got a nice nice buffer going into to the third round today. But we've seen it so many times in in history where guys have big leads in major tournaments and they end up blowing it on the third and fourth day, particularly on the fourth day. They like to call it the third day moving day, and it, you, you you'll kind of get your last pack going into the to the final day. Once today's rounds are completed, he's at the top of the leaderboard. One guy, 12 shots behind him, Tiger Woods, the world's most famous golf player. Not necessarily the best at this point. Eric emailed the show um, this week, and he asked, is Tiger is Tiger done? Can he really win one more major championship? And that's been the question in, in, in the golf world for the last six years since he's won one. 2008 was the last time he won one that was the U.S. Open, um, and I think he can. You know, it's evident that he's past his prime, but I think he can. Even though the golf world is so saturated with with talent and young players that are winning now, and he's past his prime, I still think he can. He can do that. 2013, he had a great year. Um, won many many uh, uh, tournaments that year. Didn't didn't get a major under his belt, but that's only two years removed from where he's at today. He's got four opportunities this year to win a major. I, I'm not saying it's going to be necessarily this year, but I do think he wins another major championship before his career is over. I don't think he breaks Jack Nicholas's record um, of 18 major championships. I think he will hold that record probably for the rest of time. Um, that, that's a that's one of those sports records that may never be touched until Jordan Spieth breaks it like you just predicted well right I think he has a chance (laughs) I don't know if he'll actually do it but I think he'll be up there when it's all said and done you'll have Tiger McElroy Spieth Nicholas those will be the guys at the top with the with the records I don't think Tiger does it I think Spieth may this is crazy to say but I think Spieth may have a better opportunity to break the record than Tiger Woods does at this point um, that's the key for Tiger, though, is staying healthy. It seems like every year he's got some sort of nagging injury, whether it's his knee, his back, and he can't seem to just stay healthy the whole year. He he did a good job of doing that in 2013. He didn't end up getting a, a major championship that year, but he stayed healthy and he won tournaments. He has the talent. Yeah, There's I, no doubt about it. I don't know if it's as much his physical health as it is his mental health. I, I think you could you could blame the injuries if you want, but I think that uh, he needs his head in the game a little bit more so. And I think he could overcome some physical uh, you know, ailments if his head is in the game, but I think he is too quick to jump out of the game and and, and uh, blame his injuries and get out of a tournament because he has a few bad hits and he, he doesn't have the mindset to get himself back in the game these days. Yeah, there's no, there's no doubt about it. And his world was turned upside down by his own doing, by his own mistakes that he made, cheating on his wife with multiple women. That We all know that that came public years ago. And, and having... Your wife divorced you and move out and leaving, you know, not being able to see your kids every day. That's got to have a huge effect. And I've I've said for a while now that that's got to be the re- – he hasn't won a major since that has come public. And right. that, you know, you make a good point of it being a mental game. And I think it's the combination of the two. But I think he's so wrapped up in himself that he can wash that away. As bad as that sounds, I think he can put his wife, his ex-wife – and his kids on the back burner, 
and try to go out and win a, a major championship. And golf should be on the back burner. His family should come first, no doubt about it. But I think he's a guy that is so wrapped up in himself, himself and his ego that he may not even think of that stuff. But I don't even know if he is anymore. I really don't think he's the same person. And so I think he could still go out there and be a good golfer like we saw a couple of years ago where he was player of the year. He was still the number one golfer, won a bunch of tournaments, but not a major. And I just think he doesn't have that edge anymore. And maybe it's an edge that we don't necessarily like as fans off the course because it is very egotistical. But I think it is that attitude that helped him dominate the sport for over a decade and and just put the fear in other golfers and other golfers are not afraid of him anymore that's and the key he doesn't have that mentality anymore and so i think he actually has come around i think a, a big deal was made of him uh, going out there in the part three contest with his kids and everything it's the first time he's done that with his kids and so he's kind of come around realizing what is possibly more important in life and uh you know i, I think that's the mindset that might take him away from winning another major not his health problems but just him changing internally yeah for years and years he was the most feared athlete on the face of the earth and you're right golfers aren't scared of him anymore and the reason golfers aren't scared of him anymore is because he's not winning anymore he's not winning major championships and he can't continue to to strike that fear into the other golfers if he's not winning so we'll see what happens he made the cut he's 12 back I hate saying this because I I don't like rooting for him just because of what he has done in his life, but he makes the game of golf better if he's in it. Um, Our phone number is 407-774-8255, 407-774-8255. We've got Jay in Maitland. He wants to talk a little tiger. What do you got, Jay? Hey, uh, I'm old enough to remember Nicholas coming up. I'm from Ohio originally, and, of course, he was my hero. Um, his his big thing that Tiger has not been able to do is Tiger has not adapted to his age. Uh, uh, Tiger had a heck of a swing. He had an 18-year-old swing, huge swing, huge back swing, big torque on his body, and he never, after his injury, never was able to adapt to that. Nicholas had a completely different swing in his 40s when he won the Masters and had, was able to transform himself into a, a good golfer. So I don't know if it's Tiger uh, fighting his age or and he's not been able to adapt or he just really has injury that keep him from really mentally being competent himself. Yeah, thanks for the call, Jay. I, I got to agree with you. And, and you mentioned that vicious swing that he had from a very young age. That's got to do damage on your body. Imagine doing that over and over and over every single day of your life. And you, you saw it in his knee and his back. And he does have to adapt his swing. You know, he doesn't have the long... I mean, his his best club in his bag was always his putter. I mean, he was a dominant putter, a dominant short game. But that's kind of worn out and not really been his strength recently. I think he's got to get back to that. I think he's got to get back to hitting long key putts and, and chipping well around the green in order to win because he doesn't have the long game, at least accurately, that he used to. You'll see a lot of times he'll, he'll take an iron or a wood off the tee box just to put it out there on the on, on the fairway instead of pulling out the driver and trying to give him you know maybe 50 or 70 extra yards on his drive. So I agree with you, Jay. I appreciate that call. If you want to call us, give us give give us a call, 407-774-8255. You can tweet the show at Stag Sports Show or send us an email, stagsportshow1 at gmail.com. That's going to wrap up our first segment. But, guys, last weekend and the Friday prior to that, I went to two sides that was performed at Northwest Church. Here's what's cool. They put on productions for Easter, for Christmas, 
But guess what? They still have church every Sunday. If you're looking for a non-denominational Christian church here in Orlando, check them out. NorthwestOrlando.com. You won't regret it. When we come back, we'll dive into a little Orlando City talk with Caleb. This is Stag Sports Show. Hey, business owners, I have a question for you. Are you happy with the advice you're getting from your CPA? I'll ask you one more time. Are you happy with the advice that you're getting from your CPA? If not, Strawbeck Consulting not only provides you with the best financial advice, but prevents issues down the road. I've personally known Rick and his team for over 15 years and wouldn't recommend anyone else. So quit throwing your money at the CPA who isn't meeting your needs and check out Strombeck Consulting at strombeck.com. That's S-T-R-O-M-B-E-C-K dot com. Hey guys, it's your host, Casey from the Stag Sports Show. I have a message for all the business owners out there. You guys know how important signage is for your business. And if it's time to replace your sign and upgrade, I've got the company just for you. Creative Signs has been serving Central Florida since 1981. They are the best in the business when it comes to service and quality of work. If you would, do me a favor and check them out on the web at creativesignsinc.com. Once again, that's creativesignsinc.com. Hey guys, it's Ryan again from the Stag Sports Show. Are you looking to put a new roof on your house? Well, if so, you want the company that has the most experience in town to do so. Universal Roof and Contracting not only provides you with the quality products and service that you're looking for, but they'll go above and beyond to assure that their client is satisfied. I personally know Ken and Jared Mellick, and I would recommend them over any other roofing company in Orlando. Check Universal Roof and Contracting out on the web at universalroof.com. That's universalroof.com. Welcome back to the Stack Sports Show. We're presented by Hunter Vision. You can give us a call, 407-774-8255. You can tweet at us, at Stag Sports Show. We are on AM660, The Answer, and am660theanswer.com. Every week, we like to to talk a little Orlando City. I, I like to keep it local. We'll talk Orlando City. We'll talk magic. Cool thing is, our, 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 our Orlando City insider, Caleb, is not only... Uh, a huge Orlando City guy, but he also follows the Orlando Magic and has his own opinion. So we'll dive into both of those right now. How you doing today, Caleb? Hey, pretty good. Thanks for having me again, Casey. You got it. I'm excited to to talk a little Orlando City. It's always fun having you on every Saturday. So what's up next for for Orlando City? I see we play Portland tomorrow at five. I know. Yeah. I know. In in recent years, Portland has been a uh, one of the most popular teams in the MLS with the the fans that they have and how loud their their stadium gets. What are yeah. our chances looking like tomorrow? It, it's going to be fun, you know. First and foremost, I mean, before we dive into actually, you know, what may happen. I mean, this this if if anybody gets a chance on Friday, this is a nasty televised game that will be on ESPN two. If you've never watched a game in Portland on TV or in person if you were lucky enough, it is incredible. I mean, these this, it is the, one of the most hostile environments that you can go into, probably in sports, I would say. It's, it's insane. You'll just have to watch it. You'll have to see the crowd. I mean, standing the whole game, you know, we have an incredible support group here in Orlando, but it, it's, it's going to be incredible. It's, it's going to be loud, and our players are going to have to adapt to that. Um, 
you know, Coach Heath said this in an interview this week that our players, in a way, are kind of used to that, you know, because we do have some great fans here in Orlando. Um, we, we've modeled a lot of what we've done um, with Portland because they, like Orlando City, kind of started, you know, in some of the, the, the smaller leagues and kind of built their way up um, into uh, MLS. And they've had, you know, a lot of success as far as support goes. But they've, um, you know, they usually in recent years have really struggled uh, defensively, but they've made a few adjustments there. And this is going to be a tough task uh, for for Orlando. Um, but we are undefeated on the road. Um, <laughs> we we do have a win. Um, and then that, that uh, draw against Montreal a couple weeks ago where we were able to come, come back from two goals down. So they have a lot of confidence. One of our better players, Ribeiro, went down last week with a hamstring injury. Do you have any updates on that? Yeah, right now they're saying two to three months. Um, he He's saying that he thinks he's going to be back sooner. You know, it could just be him being optimistic. Um, but, yeah, that's two to three months, so that's going to be tough. We're going to have most likely um, Coach Heath is going to put in uh, Kyle Loren, our, our rookie up there at top, who came in for um, Pedro last week. And, you know, he did a pretty good job. I mean, he was able to do the, the hardest part, which was, you know, find open space to receive the ball. Um, he had some great chances at Kaka and, you know, some of the other players were able to set him up on. And he just, you know, he missed the mark, but that just comes along with being a rookie. And he, he he's off to a pretty good start. Coach was really pleased with what he did last week. He's a big target type forward, so... Um, you know, he's he's pretty physical, so it'll be fun to see what he's able to do um, against Portland this week uh, if he is inserted into the lineup. This last week, uh, I saw some rumors, and this is soccer rumors are different than any other rumors because it, it is probably more likely to happen than other sports where you have to get traded, but you can get loaned to a team and transfer and all these different things that are different from what we're used to sa- seeing in American sports, but. One of those rumors was the uh, Mexican star Chicharito maybe coming to Orlando. Uh, can you fill us in on? Was that just a big hoopla, or was it actually close to happening? No, I mean, well, it's it, it is and it isn't. You know, there's no way to really tell who actually started that. Um, but you know, right now it's it's kind of you know Chicharito's come out and said that um, he's not going to be accepting any offers. He I guess he did receive some. You know, as soon as your name comes up as possibly being transferred somewhere, or if you're not playing where where you currently are, rumors are going to start to circulate. And you know, if if he was interested in coming to Orlando, and you know, I'm sure they would have found a way to make it happen. I mean, this guy is an electric player. Um, you know, still still fairly young. I think he's in his late 20s, and plays for the national team in Mexico. But that deal is not going to happen. But you know, they, they do have an, another rumor, uh, which is, looks like it's a lot more possible, is Fabiano, a Brazilian player um, that maybe Kaká has been talking to um, and maybe trying to get him to come here. He's, he's, um, he's I think he's 34 right now, but, um, you know, still playing at a pretty good level. He'd be able to make a, a pretty good splash here in the MLS, that's for sure, especially teaming up with Kaká. But uh, there's a rumor out there that Orlando City's going after after Fabiano, which would be a nice combination up top for uh, Kaká to have. So how's that work, where Chicharito declined to be transferred? Mm-hmm. So they, at the end of the day, the player still has 
the final say in it, whether they want to be transferred or loan. Where where a trade a lot of times is the teams do it and the player has absolutely no control. So does the player have the final say when it comes to this in soccer? Well, that's you know that that's what sets actually MLS different from you know other from other leagues because in the MLS the league is going holding on to that player's contract and can decide what happens to him. Whereas you know in in Chicharito's case, you know he he actually has a say in if he's going to accept an offer or not. Um, you know, granted. You know, kind of like in the NBA, if somebody refuses to to accept a trade, if if a team wants to trade a player, and you know, yes, they can go ahead and trade him. But if that player thing happened to Carmelo Anthony, right, a couple years ago, where he's saying he's refusing to play for a specific team, I don't remember which right. one it was, but yeah. they're going they're going to make it as difficult as possible to make it happen, and it's just not going to work. But um, they, there are a lot of different you know, scenarios and, and things that can go down when when a transfer alone is in the works. But, you know, he he does have the opportunity to say yes or no um, to to uh, transfers. You mentioned Carmelo Anthony. That's going to be my transition over to the NBA. Yeah. I really had no other transition other than that. So thank <laughs> you for mentioning him. Um, you're a huge Orlando Magic fan, and the season yeah. is coming to a, a, a fast ending here. Yeah. Are you happy with where the team's at, or are you still discouraged um, based on the record that we've posted once again? Yeah, I mean, the, I guess, you know, I heard somebody made the comparison of, you know, when when you look at the Boston Celtics who are rebuilding, and we're possibly started rebuilding a year before them, and looks like they're going to be making it into the playoffs maybe here. They're, what, they're tied for the seventh spot right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it's it's... You know how how long are you going to put up with the rebuilding? Um, you know, or, or we you either have to do two things, right? For next year, either you're going to keep the guys you got, and you know that they're going to be that much better next year, or you know you're going to have to make some changes and determine that you know who we got right now, even if they do get better, it's just not going to get us to the playoffs. It's I, it's it's hard to believe that. You know they're just going to keep kind of going through the lottery here. I think they need to make some type of splash in the free agent market. Yeah, Kev, um, you, you made summer. you made a good point with the the Celtics there. Two things that they've done differently that Orlando hasn't done. First of all, they went out and got Brad Stevens, who's an incredible coach, right. and we're still looking for a long term coach. We've got James yeah. Borrego as the interim coach, but the other thing is they've got a backcourt with Avery yeah. ba- Avery Bradley, Marcus Smart, and they went out and got I- Isaiah Thomas in the middle of this year. One of my concerns as an Orlando Magic fan is the current backcourt that we have. I love Victor Oladipo and I love Alfred Payton mm-hmm. as players in their own, but I don't know if they're going to be a good enough backcourt to win us games because they can't shoot. It's it's mm-hmm. evident Alfred Payton cannot shoot the basketball. He's a great facilitator, great true point guard and good around the rim, but cannot hit a jump shot to save his life. And Victor yeah. Oladipo, who's, who has played a great second half of the year, still struggles a lot of times with shooting the ball. Again, he can he can make things happen off the dribble and get to the get to the to the rack, but he's not always efficient when he's got open shots and, and shooting off of the dribble. Right. So, are you are you good with the the backcourt that Orlando currently has, or do you think they need to make a move? Yeah, you know what I I, I might. I might disagree with you on that one. I, I honestly think that, you know, we we need to start out with defense. Everybody knows that. But, you know, I, I, I've seen a great progression, 
you know, like you said, I know Victor's been playing a lot better the second half of the season and shooting better. And I think Alfred has too. I think, I think they can develop that offensive part of the game and defensively. I, I think it's going to be hard in two, two or three years from now. I think it's going to be hard to to beat Alfred Payton and Victor Oladipo in the backcourt once they get their offense, you know, rolling and, and being able to be a threat from uh, from shooting as well. So. I understand what you're saying. Um, right now, it looks like pretty pretty bleak as far as finding that that shooting touch that can really threaten teams if they really bunch in the middle. But I don't know. I I, I think we definitely need to keep these guys. I, I'm more worried about you know the maybe the small forward position defensively. And you know, I know one player can't have it all. Um, so Vooch, you're going to have to kind of give up on a little bit of defense to get the, the other attributes, the rebounding and the scoring that he provides you, giving up block shots too. Um, but Tobias Harris, uh, that's, you know, that's the big question mark right now. Yeah. Um, you mentioned, so, you mentioned Tobias. I, I, I like him, but I think he's going to be too much. And after watching this last tournament and, and justice Winslow at Duke, the small yeah. forward there, I, I fell in love with that player and I can see yeah. him wearing a magic uniform next year. He kind of reminds me of a of a James Harden, just constantly attacking the left hand. Probably helps that comparison. Yeah. Um, not as efficient shooting the ball as James Harden is, but he's constantly attacking. He can be a bit reckless at times, but he's a young player that I think would really help Orlando next year. He he can score. He plays defense. I mean, if you look at some of his highlights, um, you know he's always coming back, blocking shots against the backboard. Yeah. And, uh, I, you know, I'm excited. Hopefully we go that direction. I think we'll probably end up with the fifth or sixth pick. Chances right. are he may not be there. Um, I think the two bigs with Towns and, and Okafor end up going first. And then two foreign players, one who's actually uh, an American but played in China this last year, Moutier. And then you've got a guy from Latvia, uh, you know, a Dirk Nowinski type. There, every year, you know, so every year there's yeah. a, a Dirk Nowinski comparison made because it's a yeah. tall, tall European that can shoot the ball, and he's always the next <laughs> European. But, hey, Caleb, thanks for joining us today, yeah. talking a little Orlando City and Magic. We appreciate that every week you're on. And, uh, hey, go Orlando City tomorrow at 5, right? Yep, sounds good, and enjoy the show. Hey, talk to you tomorrow. Right, have a good one. When we come back, we will dive into some more NBA talk since it's coming to a, a, a fast end here. We'll, we'll, I'll give you my predictions in the, in the playoffs here and my finals prediction and a little MVP talk. This is Stag Sports Show. Be right back. Online, AM six sixty the answer dot com. AM six sixty the answer. With SRN News, I'm Bob Agnew in Washington. Concerning uh, normalizing ties with Cuba, President Obama said today at the summit of the Americas that the U.S. will not be, in his words, imprisoned by the past. Speaking today at the summit, the president said he's looking for a new relationship with Cuba. Cuban President Raul Castro has lightened the mood with a joke at his own expense. The first time Cuba's taken part in the summit, Castro noted that the leader's speeches were supposed to last around eight minutes. He said 
He's got a little extra time since they've been missing from so many recent summits. An overflow crowd gathered at a church in Somerville, South Carolina, for the funeral of Walter Scott. He is the black driver who was fatally shot by a white North Charleston police officer after fleeing a traffic stop this past week. Scott's family arrived at Word Ministries Christian Center in a fleet of three black limousines. More details at srnews.com. Hey, it's Ryan from the Stag Sports Show. Are you considering LASIK eye surgery? Well, if so, check out our friends at Hunter Vision. Dr. Joel Hunter and his team are the best in the business, not to mention they are the leaders when it comes to the technology that's used. Look, here's the deal. You can pay more and get the results you want or pay less and make a mistake. Your eyes are way too precious to make a mistake. So do me a favor and check them out online for your free consultation at huntervision.com. And that's huntervision.com. Hey homeowners, it's Casey again from the Stag Sports Show. Quick question, are you tired of looking at your old windows and doors that you have in your house? If so, you got to come and check out Mansion Windows and Doors in Winter Park. They're the best in the business. Neil Radloff has over 30 years of experience when it comes to replacing windows and doors. Do yourself a favor, give them a call, or go and see them at their new showroom at 1964 West Fairbanks, and you can always check them out at the web at mansionwd.com. That is mansionwd.com. Hey guys, it's Ryan again from the Stag Sports Show. Are you looking to put a new roof on your house? Well, if so, you want the company that has the most experience in town to do so. Universal Roofing Contracting not only provides you with the quality products and service that you're looking for, but they'll go above and beyond to assure that their client is satisfied. I personally know Ken and Jared Mellick, and I would recommend them over any other roofing company in Orlando. Check Universal Roofing Contracting out on the web at universalroof.com. That's universalroof.com. Hey homeowners, it's Casey again from the Stag Sports Show. Quick question, are you tired of looking at your old windows and doors that you have in your house? If so, you got to come and check out Mansion Windows and Doors in Winter Park. They're the best in the business. Neil Radloff has over 30 years of experience when it comes to replacing windows and doors. Do yourself a favor, give them a call, or go and see them at their new showroom at 1964 West Fairbanks, and you can always check them out at the web at mansionwd.com. That is mansionwd.com. Welcome back to the Stag Sports Show. I'm your host, Casey Stag. We're presented by Hunter Vision. We're on AM660 The Answer and AM660TheAnswer.com. If you can't catch us live, you can always listen to the podcast. It's posted every Saturday right after the show. You can tweet at us at Stag Sports Show. Email the show, stagsportshow1 at gmail.com. And you can always give us a call, 407 774 8255. 407 774 8255. I want to talk a little NBA talk. One one email that we received this week was from Eric, and uh, he had a pretty interesting question. It's a fun question if you're an NBA guy and you, you like the state of the NBA and all the young talent that it has. Um, it's a hypothetical. It won't happen, but it, it's always fun to discuss. Um, he said, if you were starting a franchise tomorrow, which player in the NBA would you choose? And this is bringing on the, the age that they have, um, you know, it's not like LeBron at 18, Anthony Davis at 18, Kevin Durant at 18. It is their current age, 
you know, where they're at in their career. And if you had to start and build around one player um, starting tomorrow, and, and certain guys you really don't want to build around, even though they're they're dripping with talent. Like Carmelo is not a guy that I would even come close to building my franchise around. And then, and then you have someone like Tim Duncan, who's not necessarily the most talented. I mean, he's a fundamental basketball guy through and through, but he's one that I would build my franchise around from day one. And you've seen the success of that, you know, being being with the Spurs the last 15 years. So, <coughs> excuse me. So I listed some of the guys that, that I would consider doing that, at, that have tons of talent that are team guys and that have a, a, a young age still in the NBA. And some of the ones I listed, Anthony Davis, he's 22 years old, just turned 22, which is scary. You got James Harden, 25. Kyrie Irvin, he just turned 23. Steph Curry, 27. Russell Westbrook, 26. And Kevin Durant, 26. And a couple jump off the page. You've seen what Harden's been able to do with putting the Houston Rockets on his back this year uh, without without a healthy Dwight Howard and, and a subpar Josh Smith and no Chandler Parsons and um, Trevor Ariza, you know, having some, some decent games and not really a true point guard. But I don't know if I would really consider him a team guy. I mean, he goes out and he gets his own every night. He can he can get double-digit assists every once in a while. Steph Curry's a guy that's really intriguing. He he does it all for his team. He's probably the the MVP this year. Granted, he's got a great team and a great coach with uh, with uh, Steve Kerr out there. They're going to win the West and, in my opinion, the finals. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, D- Durant, who's an MVP, he's 26 years old. You've seen the success that he's had in Oklahoma City, and there's no doubt he's a he's a team guy. He's a small forward, which you know isn't necessarily the glue of a team. A lot of times, you'll you'll look for a big man or a, or a point guard to do that. But he's been there before. You got Westbrook, who's also twenty six, his teammate, and he is kind of a team guy. He's probably the most talented player in the NBA, the most athletic player in the NBA. But really, the guy that I like from this list is Anthony Davis. And I think if you bring everything into perspective. His age, how he plays, where he plays, his demeanor. He's 22 years old, and he could be the MVP of the league this year. He played on the national team this last summer, and I think that helped him a lot um, with his development. He he only played one year in Kentucky, and he, he probably could have gone straight to the NBA out of high school. Um, had a great one year at Kentucky, won the national championship, was the leader of that team, and he was the most unselfish player of that team. John Calipari, the coach of Kentucky, said he's the most unselfish player on that team, and he's the most talented and the best player on that team. He reminds me a lot of Tim Duncan. Granted, they play a bit of a different position. Anthony Davis is a lot more athletic than what Tim Duncan is, uh, but they both have jump shots. And what's scary is I hear that he's developing a three-point shot. And if this guy at seven feet, with his wingspan, with his athleticism, with the way he can dribble the ball, if he develops that three-point shot he will be unguardable hands down there's not a big man that could guard him in the nba that could match his athleticism and there's not a small guy in the nba that could could guard him in the post if he chose to go down low or he could shoot right over him from anywhere on the court so if i'm starting a franchise as the gm as the president of my own nba team i'm taking anthony davis hands down for the rest of my career, and I'm riding on his coattails and hoping he wins me some championships. Here's why I'm disagreeing with you. You're overthinking it. 
You're overthinking it. Now, first of all, whenever this question is posed, it's always kind of funny because, all right, yeah, you're starting your championship with that guy. Who else do you get to put around them? That, well, that's that, the that's, thing. you got to pick a team guy. Right, right. So here is why you're totally overthinking it, coming up with this, this list. The best basketball player on the planet is LeBron James, and he's still decently young. I mean, he's not an old guy. He still has championships left in him. And I, I think the answer still has to be LeBron for at least a couple more years because he is the guy I'd want at the center of my franchise, and then I could build some players around him, and he could teach them how to win, which he has proven he could do. You know what I don't like about what you just said is that you said LeBron, and I don't. I think I just I don't like LeBron. Well, I don't like his demeanor. That's part of something wow. that, that I like in Anthony Davis. He's he's a humble kid. Yeah, and I think it's probably a lot to do with his looks. He's a goofy looking guy, and that right. keep, that keeps you humble, like right off the bat. That helps him. LeBron's got his hairline going too. That <laughs> that, but that's not enough to keep him humble. Here's the thing. He's nine years younger than LeBron James. No, I understand that. But I also think in the NBA, the way the NBA is set up right now, I think it's harder than it has been in years past to kind of try to build that team through the draft and build that young team. I think the the league is centered around getting a a couple big stars that, that know how to play and can play together as the core of your team and then going from there. So if I'm building a team from scratch, right now, I'm looking to win the championship now, not not have some young guys and hopefully win the championship four or five years from now, because the NBA isn't set up that way anymore. You're going you're gonna to lose these guys. There's not as much talent coming through the draft, and so I think you need to grab the best guy on the planet right now. I, I agree with you, hands down, but here's the thing. If you look at LeBron's career, he has not won a championship without stars surrounding him. You know, he did it in Miami twice with LeBron and Bosch. He's got a good team this year with Kyrie Irving and Kevin Love. Granted, he hasn't done anything yet this year. We'll see what happens in the playoffs. And you can make the argument, his early Cleveland days, he was the only good player on that team. And I would not disagree with you one bit. They got to the finals and lost. We'll see what Anthony Davis does. But I think what Anthony Davis has been able to do this year with the New Orleans Pelicans, if you look at their roster, they've got some... Decent players, Tyreek Evans, Eric Gordon, Ryan Anderson's been in and out of the lineup all year. But it's it's all been on him. Yeah, but see, again, that that's a horrible argument. Michael Jordan took forever to win his first championship, too. He didn't do it until he was surrounded with other stars like Scottie Pippen and the like. So, you know, I, I don't buy that either. It, it's, it's definitely not a one-man thing. As much as we like to think of the NBA as this, you know, one person can dominate unlike some other sports, it's really not. If you look at who wins championships, it, it is teams that have a core nucleus of a few stars that play well together. I mean, even, you know, the Spurs had it, the, the Bulls had it, the uh, Lakers had it, the, uh, the the Celtics had it back in the day. No, I agree with you, but if you're going to base it off of one guy, I think Anthony Davis is more of a team guy than LeBron is. And I think it's because of his demeanor. I think it's how he interacts with his teammates. He's a humble kid. I'm, I'm taking Davis. You're taking LeBron. We're going to disagree here. I'm, I'm perfectly fine with that. But you're right. It, it's not one guy. The, the NBA is too good now to just have one guy dominate and, and win. You saw it. You saw it. Kobe did it twice with the Lakers in the late 2000s. He had Pau Gasol. The NBA was in a dark spot at that point. I mean, you had you had the good Boston teams, and they flip flopped a couple championships. But that, right. even that Boston team had had 
stars a little past their prime. Mm-hmm. And you, you can't do it. You're right. You can't do it with one player. But if I'm going to base it on just picking one guy and then adding the pieces around him with the age, I think the age plays a lot into it. I, if it's LeBron at 22 and Anthony Davis at 22, I'm probably taking LeBron. Well, it scares you with uh, with Durant because I could totally sleep. He'd actually be the guy I choose even over Anthony Davis. I think Anthony, if I'm taking LeBron out of the equation, uh, it'd be Durant then Davis for me as, as two and three, but uh, I, I would go with Durant over Davis. Is it his health that scares you a little yeah, bit? Yeah, that's the biggest thing. His health and his demeanor. He's a quiet guy. He's not necessarily a team leader. D- Davis is a quiet guy, but you saw what he was able to do at Kentucky, his one year at Kentucky, where he led the team in a quiet way. I don't think Kevin Durant is really that that player, and we haven't really been able to see it because Russell Westbrook's been by his side the whole time, who's the exact opposite of Kevin Durant. He wears his emotions on his sleeve. He's visibly, visibly into the game. I'm sure Durant is as well. I love Durant. I think he's one of a kind in the NBA with his length and how he can shoot the ball and score the ball. But his health, I mean, that's the biggest thing. Davis had his his injuries this year, but but Durant, I mean, it's really a coin flip. I would take I would take any of them if I had the option. I would take <laughs> any of them, but if I had to choose one, I would have to go with Anthony Davis. Um, but the NBA is in a good spot right now. All these players that I listed are in their early to mid twenties, and they are just dripping with talent, leading their teams into the playoffs. That the West playoffs are going to be fun. You've got two through six that are separated by. Less than two games. You saw Houston, who dropped from the three spot to the to the six spot in one night last night by losing to San Antonio. San Antonio's worked their way up to the three spot. I think they'll eventually jump Memphis for that number two spot. Watch out for them, Nick. I'm telling you, San Antonio, you do not want to sleep on them. Uh, I'm jumping on the bandwagon. I picked them in Cleveland to make it to the finals before the year started. We'll see if that ends up happening. But they're, they've turned on the Jets at the right time. The thing is, I don't think they have the chip on their shoulder that they did last year, but they're professional, they're mature, they know what it takes to win a championship. They've done it five times. Tim Duncan's done it five times. Greg Popovich has done it five times, and they're playing the best basketball they have all year. They're unbelievable. It's it's amazing how uh, resilient they are. They know how to win. They know how to win when it when it counts. They're they're exactly like the Patriots in football. They're they're the two best sports franchises we've seen in a while. You, you may you may not like either of them because you may be a fan for another team, but you have to recognize what they're doing. Oh, absolutely. Um, you mentioned the Patriots, the baseball team that plays in Boston. You love these transitions oh, I've had yeah. today. They're pretty good. Uh, you mentioned the nineteen inning game that they had last night. That's going to lead us into. Let's dump the stag. All right, this stump the stag is brought to you by Mansions Windows, Mansion Windows and Doors. Uh, do you have? I don't have the number. Do you have? Where can people 407 951 Oh, yeah. There you go. All right. Uh, this is uh, related to last night's marathon game between the Red Sox and Yankees, which I'm a huge Sox fan. I, I fell asleep in the 13th inning. I just couldn't make it. You're Could no Sox fan, man. Uh, but our question today for you, Casey, how long in innings was the longest professional baseball game in history, and this is kind of a, kind of a two-parter here. Uh, which uh, which two teams played each other, and also for extra credit bonus super points, which future Hall of Famer drove in the tying run that actually extended that ball game? We'll be right back on the Stag Sports Show. Hey, it's Ryan from the Stag Sports Show. 
Are you considering LASIK eye surgery? Well, if so, check out our friends at Hunter Vision. Dr. Joel Hunter and his team are the best in the business, not to mention they are the leaders when it comes to the technology that's used. Look, here's the deal. You can pay more and get the results you want or pay less and make a mistake. Your eyes are way too precious to make a mistake. So do me a favor and check them out online for your free consultation at huntervision.com. And that's huntervision.com. Hey guys, it's your host, Casey from the Stag Sports Show. I have a message for all the business owners out there. You guys know how important signage is for your business. And if it's time to replace your sign and upgrade, I've got the company just for you. Creative Signs has been serving Central Florida since 1981. They are the best in the business when it comes to service and quality of work. If you would, do me a favor and check them out on the web at creativesignsinc.com. Once again, that's creativesignsinc.com. Hey, business owners, I have a question for you. Are you happy with the advice you're getting from your CPA? I'll ask you one more time. Are you happy with the advice that you're getting from your CPA? If not, Strawbeck Consulting not only provides you with the best financial advice, but prevents issues down the road. I've personally known Rick and his team for over 15 years and wouldn't recommend anyone else. So quit throwing your money at the CPA who isn't meeting your needs. And check out Strombeck Consulting at strombeck.com. That's S-T-R-O-M-B-E-C-K dot com. Hey, homeowners, it's Casey again from the Stag Sports Show. Quick question, are you tired of looking at your old windows and doors that you have in your house? If so, you got to come and check out Mansion Windows and Doors in Winter Park. They're the best in the business. Neil Radloff has over 30 years of experience when it comes to replacing windows and doors. Do yourself a favor, give them a call, or go and see them at their new showroom at 1964 West Fairbanks, and you can always check them out at the web at mansionwd.com. That is mansionwd.com. Show. I'm your host, Casey Stagg. We're presented by Hunter Vision. We're on AM660 The Answer and AM660TheAnswer.com. Having a fun day today in the studio by myself. Scoop and Moose is, are out today, like I mentioned before. Nick's been a pleasure today, the producer helping me out and uh, keeping the conversation going. He asked me to stump the stag before we went to break. If you would, do me a favor Nick, and uh, repeat the question for us. Yeah, we want to know the longest major league or professional baseball game. I guess that that might be a little bit of a uh, a, a hint, I guess, because it's professional baseball game uh, in innings uh, in the history of baseball, in which two teams played each other, which future Hall of Famer drove in the uh, the run that actually extended the ball game. And uh, so, do you know who it is? I've got got some ideas. I was given a hint that it's actually not in the MLB, that it's the AAA level. Um, I'll I'll start with the innings. We'll go we'll go 32 innings, okay? And the game was between the Pawtucket Red Sox and the El Paso Chihuahuas. <laughs> the two Hall of Famers were Wade Boggs and Tony Gwynn. That's what I'm going with. I don't I don't know if you have the answer there. All right. 
you, you got you got a little bit of that right. See, so I, this this question was kind of passed off to me, so I wasn't sure if we were talking about this this minor league game. But yes, this is the longest game in professional baseball. It was thirty three innings long, though. Okay, it was with the Pawtucket Red Sox. No way. So you got that right. That was a total guess. Well, I, I I knew the player was Wade Boggs, yeah, and he started with the Red Sox, so I knew their AAA club was Pawtucket. And uh, the Rochester Red Wings was the opponent. Wow. I don't know anything about Tony Gwynn being involved in that. Was that made up? Yeah, that was okay. my other okay. guess. I knew there was two Hall of Famers that were taking part, and him and Wade Boggs and Tony Gwynn came into the league the same year, so that was my guess. We're going to bring in Ryan McKenzie. He joins us every week just to chat. He uh, he actually was the one who generated this question. Hey, I, g- I got pretty close today. That was pretty good, man. That was real good. I was impressed. I'm impressed. So you uh, you want to tell us the story behind this uh, trivia Man, question here? This is a crazy game. So the the two players it was not Tony Gwynn. Um, I thought I gave you a uh, a good hint earlier. The only hint Casey got on this was that it was not a major league game, and that um, the two Hall of Famers involved. One of them played the entire game, all thirty three innings, and he. Um, that's a hint to who the Hall of Famer was. It's fitting for his career. You think it's Tony Gwynn though? Is actually Cal Ripken Jr. Wow, yeah, which is appropriate because you know he he has the most consecutive games ever played, um, which is why I, I thought the hint was pretty good there. But um, Cal Ripken Jr., Wade Boggs. They said when Wade Boggs drove in the tying run in the twenty third inning to extend the game on to make it um, two to two, that both. Player, both teams, both benches, players on both sides started groaning like, no, and Wade Boggs got back to the dugout and he thought he was going to get punched by his own teammates for extending the game. <laughs> well, I think when you're in the AAA level, you probably just want the game to go over, to, to, to be over. I mean, you're a young kid. You, Of course, you enjoy <laughs> playing baseball, but every night you're playing you know, minor league baseball. You just want to be in the professionals. You probably want to get home, do something more fun than, than play baseball, so I can appreciate that. That game last night, though, do they get credited for playing two games? I mean, they they no, played more than two games. Game. Did you stay up to watch that? Not at all. No way. <laughs> I struggle to watch nine innings, let alone that, nineteen innings. That game um, went till two in the morning. This game, um, some some fun facts about this Pawtucket game from nineteen eighty one. The um, the the crazy thing to me, they got done at four in the morning. The uh, the manager of the home team intentionally got thrown out of the game at three in the morning <laughs> to, to go, go home, home and sleep. <laughs> His wife didn't believe him that he was at the ball game that long, so he said, "Just wait for the paper tomorrow. You'll see." Oh, that's but great. The, but the game didn't get done for so late. So it wasn't didn't in the, the paper. paper. Oh, so he had to wait the next yeah. day, and then finally, his wife let him off the hook. Um, <laughs> the the catcher that um, caught for I believe it was Pawtucket caught all thirty three innings. Which is insane to me. Wow, and your then, knees um, got to be killing you. I know it's unreal. The um, the losing pitch, pitcher was Steve Grilly. I don't know who that is, but he wasn't even on the team when the game started. He wasn't on their roster, and the way that happened was they uh, they played till four. In the he was morning, just sitting so. in the stands eating popcorn, no. <laughs> and they called him down. <laughs> Not exactly, but they played till four in the morning on April eighteenth. And 19th, and then they suspended the game at 4:07 a.m. and picked it back up June 23rd. So this poor guy oh, one, wow. one inning on June 23rd and got the loss in the longest game ever, <laughs> and he wasn't even on the team when it started. What was funny about the game last night is uh, 
Mark Teixeira, who who kind of did the same thing Wade Boggs did. He he uh, prolonged the game in the 15th right. inning, I believe. He started the game 34 years old and ended the game 35 years old. He had a he had a <laughs> his birthday's today, so at midnight, you know, he was a, a year older, which is pretty funny. That's so the awesome. baseball baseball season started this year. I get excited right when it starts, and then that wears off about a month through, and then I get excited again around September and October when the playoffs start. You have any uh, any crazy predictions? I know you're you're high on the Cubs this year because they got Joe Madden, but what do you think? Uh, what do you think about the MLB this year? I'm high on the Cubs this year. Uh, I know you like the Cubs this year. I like I, Joe Madden. <laughs> Joe Madden's good. The Cubs will be all right. They'll they'll, they'll still struggle this year, I think, but um. They won't be horrible like they normally are. Um, and I, I like the Red Sox. I, I've, I've liked the Red Sox for a long time, and, and they I can guarantee they'll be better than last year. I'll almost guarantee it. Um, uh, almost. They were, they were last place last year, so I'm <laughs> hoping that they'll be better than last year. <laughs> uh, I'm with you, though. It's exciting when it starts. It is a long season, and then it's really exciting at the end. Um, but I like it, man. The whole way through, it's it's a – it shows you who's good, and you know you can't fake your way through a season like that. You know, I feel like in the um, the NFL, you you play one one game a week. You can you can prepare a lot specifically for one team. These guys have just got to play and be good, and there's not a whole lot of different preparation you can do except for you know you've got all your spray charts and every you know where the guys are going to hit the ball. You know what their tendencies are. It's just it's a whole different type of game. It's really exciting. Nick and I were talking before the show um, about the stadiums that we'd been to, and we we're discussing Yankee Stadium. And he went to the original one many times with his dad growing up, and mm-hmm. they built the new Yankee Stadium uh, to kind of emulate that. You know, the new stadiums these days are very modern and different, but they built the Yankee Stadium to emulate the old one. And then we got to talking about Fenway Park. And I'm I'm convinced that they're never going to knock that thing down. I think they'll play baseball there until baseball doesn't exist anymore. He he seems to believe they'll they'll build a n- new one. What do you think? I hope they keep it, man. I think it's amazing. Uh, if they could just renovate it, I, there's no other space for it. They'd have to move the site completely. It's all surrounded by the city. Um, but it's I remember walking in there. I walked down on the field while they're taking batting practice. Shook David Ortiz and Jason Veritek's hand and. Uh, Man, it was just—it was a blast. Yeah, that place gives me goosebumps. I was able to see a game there, and it was a, a ton of fun. We got a couple minutes here, and you know, every week you, you like to give us a, a training tip, but I'm gonna flip it on you. Uh, okay. You know, you you not only help young athletes with their uh, you know their physical training, but you you dive into to, to personal lives a lot of times. And, and, mm-hmm. and this week, Johnny Manziel was released from rehab. You know, it's unsure exactly what his rehab was, but the place he was at you know, was it was for drug and alcohol specifically. And he has had a rough go in the NFL, and I think if he was playing well, it'd probably be brushed under the rug. But if you're Johnny Manziel's mentor, and it's not specifically just a drug and, and, and alcohol, but just his behavior, if you're his mentor, what are you telling him right now? Man, I um, just, just the, the, out of the news recently with Josh Hamilton and the stuff he's going through, you got a guy that looks like he's trying to fight something that he's got an addiction towards, at least like he's willing to fight. I'd have him go talk to Josh Hamilton right away and find some guys that have struggled in that same area but have seen some success. Because um, I don't think Manziel is all the way gone into full-on addiction yet. It doesn't seem like he's not like uh, he's not off the deep end at least. And I know Hamilton has been a few times, but you know I get him to go talk to some guys that have had some some failures in that area and then have overcome it and had success and then. So he can see what it would be like 
and and not go that way. And he can talk to the guys that are struggling with it and have success and, and get out of it now before while he still can. You know, that's that's the most important thing. Yeah, I think you know the other thing he has to do is football has to be on the back burner. He's got to get his personal life in in, in check if he's wanting to have any marginal success in the NFL at best. Um, yeah. Hey, Ryan, you're, you're, you're the best trainer in town here, and, and you, you, you dive into people's lives as well, and, and you've got great advice. I, thanks for joining us today. We had a blast, uh, and we'll catch up with you next week. Thanks, Jason. See you guys. Fun show today, Nick. We had, uh, had a lot going on. I had a good time. Are you going to set up uh, Mike and Ryan not being here next week so you can uh, get back on? We'll see what happens. Sabotage. Hey, we will be back next week uh, every Saturday, 1 to 2 on AM660 and am660theanswer.com. This is the Stag Sports Show. We're presented by Hunter Vision. If you want to check out the podcast, listen to the show again. If you missed anything, you can check us out on SoundCloud and Facebook. We'll see you next week. guys, it's Casey again from the Stag Sports Show. I hope you enjoyed the show. What we want to do is we want to make you part of the team. You like sports, you like the show. If you're a part of a business or an organization, let's combine the two and be a part of Casey's Corner. If you want to advertise your organization or the business that you're a part of, send me an email at stagsportshow1 at gmail.com. That's stag, S-T-A-G-G, sports